I don't know about you, but I want to figure out how to be a little more balanced. Life is full of chaos, adventure, and the unknown. I am on the search to hear from those who can make this journey more fun and easy as I learn how to be better to myself, enhance my health, and be a part of ending human trafficking. Hey everyone, welcome to The Balanced Girl. Today we have the privilege of Erin Wathen joining us and she is a certified life and weight loss coach. She is a food addiction counselor, a health blogger, and a certified influencer. She's been a star three spin instructor, a yoga and Pilates instructor, and finally a mom of two kids. She's the author of Why Can't I Stick to My Diet, Feel Better, Look Good, and Never Ask That Question Again. I know anyone listening to this can relate to that. Join me as we welcome Erin. Hey everyone, today is super exciting. We have Erin Wathen joining us today and um, I've already bragged a lot about her, but guys, I am so, so excited about just what she's going to share with us today and I know there's going to be so many things in here that can really help you on your journey with food and um, we're going to get into mental health and how those tie together as well. But um, Erin, welcome to The Balanced Girl. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, give us a little bit of background about you and um, what's kind of inspired you to focus on this field of diet and nutrition. Uh, yeah, sure. I grew up a very active kid in California, you know, swim teams, biking, athletes, you know, all that kind of go on the water year round. And um, I went on my first diet when I was 14. Mm. and um, I lost 30 pounds in one summer to the point where teachers thought I was a transfer student, which was very strange. And, um, you know, and I remember there was this sort of like, you, you go girl kind of thing, not a, that's a lot of weight to lose in 12 weeks without any supervision. And then I realized the biggest problem with losing a lot of weight quickly is keeping it off because I didn't even know what I didn't know. I remember I had this this book from the library, back in their libraries, and it was written by Cheryl Teagues. For those of you that don't know, it was a big supermodel back in Sports Illustrated, like in the 70s. And I don't know why I showed this book, but like there wasn't any you know, apps or chat rooms, or it was all like self-taught nothingness. But it was no like real guide as to what to do when you're not losing weight, like what inner work you need to do. And also you're fighting like biology because your body likes to maintain a sized weight in case there's like a famine, right? But there isn't a famine. We're just decided we want to weigh less. So it just, you know, the uphill battle of losing weight really quickly and like constantly, like these are the days of fat free, right? So um, obesity in America at least went from a normal amount to like it skyrocketed in the nineties, which is when I was in high school and I think it was because of fat free. It was because of supersizing. It was because of all these other things that we know don't work long term now. But at the time, I was doing what was supposed to be right, which is like you know calories in, calories out, which we now know to be baloney. But um, that just kind of got me on this path of you know working out a lot, and then you know I would think that I would be doing the right thing, and 
the widening I look and feel how I want to look about it. And then also when I think of how much brain power and stressing and anxiety I put into what I was eating, what I was weighing, all of that, I could have like solved world hunger or like cured the common cold with that much effort. But instead it was just like my daily life was like always, what am I eating? What am I wearing? What's going to fit me? And, um, that got me on the path of what I thought was like health and wellness. And then I always worked out. And after I had my daughter, I was at home with her and I had given up a career to stay home with her. And I was so tired of just talking about like babies, which is, you know, I love my daughter, but you got to have some balance. Right. And so I saw this sign at the gym and it said, do you like spinning? Do you want to become a spin instructor? And I was like, yes. So I went and got my first certification. And when I was younger in high school, college, I taught swim lessons and like water aerobics to, you know, elderly ladies in a pool when I was, you know, 20 or whatever. And so it was kind of natural for me to teach movement, but that was like my first certification was spinning. And then I came yoga and then came Pilates. And then eventually I just was, why, why do I not look how I want to look? I put in so much effort. I weigh, you know, I weigh, why don't I weigh what I want to weigh or why, why don't I always know what's going to fit? Right. I'd open up my closet and three size, three sizes of the same pair of pants, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to. Cause I feel like, I don't really know where I'm going to be next week, <laughs> which is a very common issue, but kind of a little um, retrospect, like alarming. So once I got the nutrition part down, then I got really into, you know, the chemical effects of food and what being in that constant diet mentality did to me long-term. And I really didn't want my daughter who then was six or seven to grow up thinking she's less than, or she's all about her looks or any of the stuff that I struggled with as a kid and twenties and thirties, to be honest. So that's what kind of got me here. But what I found really interesting is um, how, as a woman, at least in our society, we're taught from a very young age, the answer is to eat less. The answer is to, you know, or the answer is something outside of yourself, whether it be, you know, going shopping or it's never like, well, why do I have this feeling? What can I do about this feeling? Because the solution is not in the fridge, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the whole like mindset around diet and exercise, I really kind of had to, you know, break apart and look at it again because, you know, growing up in California where it's a lot of like pressure to look a certain way. And then when I was in my 20s, I moved to the New York area thinking, oh, this would be better. <laughs> no. Women were even thinner. <laughs> and then and then once I had, I had a baby, and then it became like, well, you know, all the, all the moms are rocking bikinis with six-week-olds. I'm like, okay, that's not even possible for most of us. But I was around people where it was. I'm like, what, what, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? You know, of course, you blame yourself. You never, like, blame society or, like, think these people are doing something. But it just took me a long time to kind of get to a place where I could talk about it from you know, a little bit of humor, but a lot of like just making it simple because there's so much noise, right? I used to belong to Shape Magazine and Self Magazine and Women's Fitness and all these magazines. And I remember looking at them at one point and being like, 
it's the same stuff. They're just regurgitating it. It's like a different supermodel or a different you know, celebrity on the front. And I just been wondering how many women have actually like gotten healthier from this stuff or is it just kind of like reinforced? You're not good enough. That the answer is insert the diet of the week, right? Cabbage soup or fasting or shakes or whatever it is versus why do I eat when I'm not hungry? Or why do I eat food that makes me feel sick to my stomach or fill in the blanks? So I think that took that kind of inner work takes a long time as well. I think it's, I think it's, you know, I could get you to lose 10 pounds. No problem to get you or anyone else to really go to why did I gain the 10 pounds? How was the 10 pounds serving me? What got me to the 10 pounds? A lot of people don't like to look at that. That's kind of like icky and yucky. And it's a lot easier to like get out your food scale and measure broccoli, right? Versus thinking like, why am I eating when I'm not hungry? Or what happened right before I ate a carton of ice cream? Oh, I was talking to my mother or I was stuck in traffic or whatever it was. Like the connection between, you know, food and the emotion. Like that for me, I really had to like just separate, which is a big task for someone that's been struggling with their weight their entire life. Um, I know it's a very long answer to a very simple question, but no, that I mean, there's so much to unfold in what you do. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because I was just talking to a friend yesterday, and we were trying to remember um, because I was prepping for this podcast, and we were I was trying to remember like when did I first diet? You know, when did that mm-hmm. first? And it was so sad as women. I can remember, you know, for me, um, high school, we really. We, we, my friends and I played so many sports, we didn't worry as much. But once I got to college, that's the first time you're away from home, you're um, on your own, they're all talking about freshman 15, gaining weight. And I'm like, no, thank you. Um, and, and my friends and I were all doing gimmicks, like we were doing the gym. Um, but we were definitely, you know, finding weight loss pills and different things to make sure. Um, again, that we probably what we were trying to do is make sure we stayed skinny, which is yes. not you know, then fast forward to me in my thirties and I, I started dieting for other reasons. I started changing what I ate because of how I felt, um, yeah. because I had a lot of health issues and, and that was my first experience understanding how connected, um, how you feel. And a lot of things that we just diagnose in America, um, can be fixed by what we eat. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I never knew all this, you know, and, and now it's a little more mainstream, but Talk to us a little bit. You were talking to me before we started recording. That's when the good stuff happens. So I try to remember <laughs> what we were talking about. Um, you know, just that connection lately with mental health. And, um, you know, obviously it's confusing, I think, when you hear the word diet. Nowadays they want to say nutrition. But talk to us a little bit about the connections with how we feel and mental health with food. It's a, it's a large connection. It's a large connection because – there's a lot of studies that, you know, the more processed foods you eat, the more prone you are to depression, which definitely makes sense. Cause, uh, you know, I, I do remember many times like stopping by a gas station to get like, you know, bags of gummy bears before I went home or just like, you know, realizing that, you know, when I ate ice cream, my stomach always hurt. Well, that's cause I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah. And then, you know, like whatever, I'll take some Tums <laughs> or whatever. But then, but then like with mental health, I really noticed in the last couple of years, I've been so 
challenging for every person on the planet is your home, you're watching Tiger King or whatever the heck you're watching. <laughs> you're on Pinterest, you know, and it's like everyone's making sourdough. You're like, oh, that's the answer. Or everyone's doing this. And I don't know, it's air fryers. Yesterday I spent 20 minutes getting air fryers. Like, what am I going to do with an air fryer? I don't even like small appliances. But, um, you know, it must be cool if everyone else is doing it. So I think with mental health and so many people now are much more um, open and honest about like, yeah, I struggle with anxiety. Well, who wouldn't struggle with anxiety right now? You never know what's going to happen. Are we going to be able to leave our house tomorrow? That That's that's anxiety producing. Or traveling. I flew the other day and that was a saga and a half because of, <laughs> you know, various reasons. And, you know, anxiety is fear of the future. Well, that's a lot of fear of the future that normal people have. And so a wait for a lot of us to just kind of calm things down is to take away extreme foods like sugar and wheat and things that most people have some sort of intolerance to. They just don't know it. Um, and then as far as like depression, which is like sadness, a lot of us are, we're kind of sad and it is still kind of a sad thing because now it's like the economy or the future. Or so, you know, eating in a way that we know doesn't work for our bodies, which Everyone's got a little bit, you know, everyone has different, you know, biochemistry. And like I said, I have, I'm lactose intolerant. It turns out I'm gluten intolerant too, which is a super fun discovery. Um, I'm like, what can I eat when I leave the house? I don't really know. But being aware that like when I, when I go to food for a problem that's not hunger, it never works out. I, it's like you can't fight city hall. You can't beat the house when you go gambling and you can't go to food to solve anything because in fact it, it's kind of a a missed opportunity in one way because if you're feeling worried about your flight or you know you're kind of sad because you haven't seen your friends in six months just sitting the ability just to sit with that feeling and ride the wave as I call it it will pass I promise you will not always be sad if you don't go get ice cream you will not always be worried if you don't find something in a bag to eat. And sometimes we are meant to be sad. Sometimes we're meant to feel, you know, a little unsure of what's going to happen tomorrow because like, is the flight going to get screwed up? Are we going to get there? But whenever we miss the opportunity to kind of explore in ourselves, like why, you know, let's, let's say the flight is delayed. What's the worst case scenario? There'll be another flight. But what if I don't see my friends for six months? That will stink. Thankfully, there's many ways to keep in touch it's not the same and that's sad, but it's okay to be sad because it will eventually, you know, being able to talk yourself out of that, not deny it, but just kind of, you know, be your own advocate and realize I feel better. And this is me. This is me, Aaron. I feel better when I eat a certain way. Mm. People aren't as annoying. It's the strangest thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm able to find things easier again, super weird connection. But when I, get enough sleep and I move my body and I don't eat stuff that I know doesn't work for me. It's amazing how much easier life is. Even if life has not changed, it's just my perception of it has changed so much. But, um, so when we don't feel, we need to feel, we miss the chance to actually experience it. But also then we create a problem we're used to, right? We're used to overeating. We're used to feeling sick. Okay, then what happens? You can either just go with it for a day, a week, a month, a year, 
Or you decide, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to starve myself. I'm going to restrict. I'm going to take two or three Peloton classes or whatever it is you feel in your head will undo what you did. That's a problem we're used to, right? But the problem of sadness, because it's just un, it's a weird time, that's not really that comfortable and it brings up a lot of stuff. But like overeating and then exercising and fixing it, going on a diet, we've had that problem. You and I have had that problem. We fixed that problem, or at least it distracted us enough so we didn't have to think about what got us to the food. Because I think, like, whenever I talk to clients and they go off their plan, I'm always like, what happened right before? Mm. What happened right before you went to the drive-thru or right before you, in the middle of the night, went downstairs? And it was, I was, it's always something like I was feeling restless, I was feeling bored, I was feeling worried. And like, do you see how what you chose to do makes everything worse and not to beat you up, but just kind of analyze it, like take a step back and be objective. But like I was feeling worried about, you know, a phone call I'm going to get tomorrow. Well, but does eating what you ate help the phone call? No. In fact, it makes you feel worse in your physical body. And then in your head, you're like, well, just screw it. Or are you like, I'm going to go fix it. Or it creates a whole other drama that we are more comfortable in handling because we've handled it a million times mm-hmm. instead of being like, well, the phone call tomorrow and going through that, which is, I hate to use this word mature, but it is kind of a more mature or evolved way of looking at, yeah, life is up and down. Life is a mixed bag. Life is, a, but no matter what it is, the answer is not in the kitchen. I promise. Unless you're thirsty, get some water, go back to bed. But you never wake up in the morning and are like, wow, I really wish I binged last night. That would have been the right decision. You never think that. If you have, you wake up in the night in the morning and you're like, oh man, like you're bloated, you feel gross, no matter what physical things, but mentally you're, you also remember, like, what was I thinking? Because it's never, ever worked. It's distracted us for a temporary period of time, but it never works. So I think to circle back to your question about mental health, in the way that a lot of people are fully embracing, yeah, I need help, or yeah, I need to talk to someone. I also think there's a lot of opportunity to connect the dots in how we live our life. Are we getting enough sleep? Are we watching too much TV? What are we eating? What are we drinking? Because just keeping a simple log of not like weighing stuff, but like, you know, chicken and broccoli, another day felt good. Okay, cool. You know, Entire pizza felt horrible. All right, well, maybe there's something there. So I think just an awareness of our mental health is one of the few benefits I can see over the last couple of years because I've really tried a lot to look at (laughs) what are we learning in all this? Like, what's the the takeaway going to be in 10 years? And one of the few things I've seen as a plus, besides, you know, way too much streaming of TV, which I don't think is a plus, is normalizing everyone's kind of mental health ebbs and flows because that's just kind of normal, right? You have bad days, you have good days, you even have bad moments during your good days. But I think normalizing, we all have our ups and downs. We all have stuff we're dealing with, and it's it's cool, it's fine, it's how it is. It's just life, right? So I think that's where I've really noticed a lot of a a lot of room for growth that people are finally open to is how I feel and 
my lifestyle because it used to kind of be blinders, right? Um, people didn't always really connect the dots between um, how they felt and what they ate. And I think over time, the last couple of years, there's definitely been, I've noticed more of a openness to that. You know what? I think it's time for a sneaky break. Are you looking for some motivation in the kitchen? I have just the cookbook for you. Dieting and cooking always felt like riding a bike through fire. (laughs) But once I realized I could make things simple and food could taste so good, I fell in love with the kitchen. Simply Balanced is full of simple, delicious, healthy recipes free of gluten, dairy, and refined sugar. Head to KinseyPentecost.com and use the Balanced Girl for 10% off today. Now let's get back to the Balanced Girl. Okay, so really, I feel like this is kind of a mixed combination. And you have wrote a book called Why I Can't Stick to My Diet. And I want to talk about this for a little bit because um, why I can't stick to my diet, feel better, look good, and never ask that question again, which I'm like, sign me up to never ask that question. <laughs> Because every time I'm like, I got this figured out and I'm three years clean and I'm never going back. And then, yeah, okay, I fall off the wagon. So falling off a diet happens to, I I have to say everyone, but I'd like to know you if you haven't ever fallen off it. Um, (laughs) So tell us about, you talk about four fundamentals, um, a food plan that you discuss in your book and how um, you can help us never diet again. I think, um, I think this is huge because- all of those words really attract me to hearing what you have to say here. Um, well, you know, when I really got myself figured out and I just, and I like, I like simplifying things because there's so much noise, right? There's like keto this and there was paleo before that. And I don't even know, I can't keep track of all the various trends. Yeah. But you know, when I, when I really looked back and thought about like, what is like, something that someone who doesn't want to spend 20 years struggling like I did, who doesn't want to, what, what are the basic stuff? And as far as, you know, a diet, I, the way that I explain it, like what works for me is this is how I'm eating. And it's going to have to be a way that is long-term and it's going to be a way that works for my life. Like I have to be able to go out to eat. I have to be able to go to someone's house. I have to be able to have a life where I'm not scared of menus because I've been there. Right. So basically just to you know sum it up for your listeners is the reason I stuck to four is I think it's easier to remember small numbers and it just, again, simplify things for those of us who don't want to spend decades doing it is, you know, one of them is like, you know, always know where you're eating the next day, which you don't have to have everything in your house, but know if, you know, if your family always goes to a certain steakhouse, for example, know that if you order the, you know, Cobb salad and you order the filet and you have a side of asparagus, you will feel good when you leave. Mm-hmm. Know like tomorrow, when we're, you know, when we're going you know, in you know, the airport, for example, no matter what they offer me, I'm going to stick to, what I have in my purse, just that kind of like knowing ahead of time, if you're home, it's easier. Cause then you can make sure you have the right ingredients or know from your favorite ordering app, <laughs> what salads you can eat. Just kind of have it because whenever we wing it, it never works out. Right. So planning ahead. And when we do eat, what I, I think is 
again, it's four because it's easy to remember, is every time we eat, we need protein. We need a, you know, ideally a healthy fat, which is not, you know, French fry fat. Um, a low glycemic carb, which is, you know, spinach or kale or, you know, broccoli or just some sort of, you know, vegetable. And we need fiber. So, you know, protein and fat fill us up. Carbohydrates we need for life. You cannot cut them out. You can lay off the Cheetos, which I strongly recommend. But you just carb-free does not work. You, you have to have some carbs. You have to have vegetables. You have, And if you're going to have fruit, you know, I'm a big advocate of berries. And I'm an advocate of berries earlier in the day is to not, like, trigger a huge sugar response. Mm. But with fiber, it fills us up. And this is not like in the days of Weight Watchers where it was like they would just shove a bunch of um, fiber and cookies and tell you, oh, it's zero points. I used to work for them so I can say this. So um, there's that. Also, um, two to three meals a day I really stick to because when we're eating all day or think of life as like one giant smorgasbord, we always – they just they leave this a lot of room for interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't, intermittent fasting does work for me. I don't stick to it every time because it's kind of difficult. Like if you're with, if you're with other people and maybe they want to eat dinner at six, you're like, but I have to eat dinner at four because yesterday it can get you this whole like spin out of like the, the, the overarching concept of intermittent fasting is like, you don't eat all day. There's, there's a big chunk of time in your day that aren't, that your kitchen is not open. Hmm. So I think like that's something that, you know, eating two or three meals a day, depending on maybe you're, you can't eat in the morning, you just want coffee. But then if you're eating the right way, as in not a lot of processed foods, as not a lot of, you know, quick acting carbs, you will be able to go from lunch to dinner without much problem. And so, you know, eliminating all those snacking opportunities, I think is, is a very big thing. And then lastly, I say like the perimeter of the grocery store only because that's like meat, vegetables, dairy, assuming you can have dairy because everything in the middle typically is just bad news, right? There's like nutter butters, there's wheat thins, there's, you know, your binge food of choice. But when I was writing my book, we were on vacation and to a kind of funky little beach town. And I remember um, a certain celebrity who has a website that rhymes with whoop. She had just written a cookbook where she talked about an ostrich egg. And I remember reading this thinking, I, know, I mean, there's grocery stores near where I live where you could find an ostrich egg if you wanted to, by the way. <laughs> but for a person just... What? I'm sorry, what? That would be very difficult for most people. Yeah, but like, you know, they were, and, you know, and in bougie New York city, you can find them. Um, if you want a 30 pound egg, you can get it. But for most of us, we're just going to go to a grocery store, right? And it doesn't need to be a fancy grocery store. So when I was in this beach town and it was a funky grocery store, I just remember looking around at everyone and thinking like, okay, if you don't have a lot of money or a lot of time, or if you're in college or whatever, like, what can you just do? Like what, what is basic stuff you can do? Because not everyone wants to spend all their time in the kitchen. They can't afford to eat out all the time. And ostrich eggs are unattainable. So that's why I'm like very big on like normal food, 
that most of us have the skills to make, that we don't need, you know, eight hours to make spaghetti sauce. So I think, you know, you know, perimeter, you're not eating between meals, like knowing you eat ahead of time and the four, you know, fun, four, four different types of you know, boxes you need to check with food is what I found to be the most attainable. But I do want to add a little caveat to that in which you need to pay very close attention to your body because if you're feeling very angry that everyone is doing something you can't, mm. well, okay, that's fine. They're getting mad every now and then. Well, then maybe you do want to add a little wine to your regimen. Okay, that's fine. But when you do add wine to your regimen, be aware it's a lot of sugar and it's going to make your body think you want more sugar because sugar, the more sugar you eat, the more sugar you want. So having an awareness that like, yeah, I can eat what my friends are eating, but it will, there will be weird messages coming from my head that I think is listening to my body. No, no, no. That's the food talking. (laughs) It's like the chemicals talking. It's not your body. Your body's not like, you know what? We need pizza at two in the morning. No, that's like your head. That's like, you know, this, the like commercials that we've watched a million times. So just, you know, owning that you can't eat everything you quote unquote want, nor probably should you, because it will mess with your long-term goals of just, I think being sane about your body is what I was looking for. I didn't know what it was. And it turns out when I cut out all the gummy bears and the Diet Coke and extreme stuff, my natural body wanted to weigh a lot less than I had been weighing. And I was a big exerciser and I used to work out like hours a day. I worked out when I was in labor with my daughter. I worked out the day before I had my son because it was scheduled. So I knew when he was coming and I had developed asthma. Thank God, this is such a like huge universe kicking you in the butt kind of thing. So for six months, I could not work out or I could just walk like 20 minutes. And so at first I was like, I can't do that. I need an exercise. But then I became very aware of everything I put in my body. And I was like, I'm not actually hungry right now. I'm just very angry. I have asthma. So I'm just going to be angry for a while. You know, like 20 minutes is usually what I decide to give myself. And I did not gain any weight. Was I as toned as I wanted to be? Of course not. But it was really kind of a huge lesson for me of I was looking at exercise all wrong. Exercise is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be movement. It's supposed to keep you active. But it's not supposed to keep you at a weight that your body doesn't want to weigh. Because what if you break your foot? What if you get asthma? What if you're on bed rest? You can't keep that up. It's like the whole calories in and calories out. Like with that concept, which was, which went around for a very long time, eventually there's you can only eat so many. You have to keep restricting, restricting, restricting as your body will adapt. And then what if you can't always exercise those many hours in a day because, you know, you have a life or something. So finding a way to eat and live, and it's great if you can find exercise time or you can find, you know, time to be active, but it's not more important than eating in a way that works for your body. Mm, I love that. Love that. Okay. So you're, oh my gosh, I'm like taking notes and (laughs) (laughs) 
some of my own aha moments here. I know we are coming to an end, but um, I'm so excited to link anyone listening to your Instagram because you're constantly giving tips and feedback there. Um, Why don't we end on this question? First of all, Thank you for sharing um, all of your experience and what you've learned. And um, I I just don't think there's one woman out there that hasn't um, related to something you're saying today. Um, I always love to ask if there's any food that you're like, stay away from. I just love asking that question. But then also any favorite books or resources that you would recommend to um, us besides yours? Oh, of course, besides mine. Um, so to answer your last question first, um, I really liked Janine Roth. She's kind of like the pioneer of emotional eating. I remember reading her book, she has books, um, years ago. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, how did she know that I did that? Like it's, <laughs> you know, like, like I remember like my kids would get a cake and I would like, make sure it was going to cut right. Next thing you know, I had like two pieces of cake, but I was doing it for other people, you know? So Janine Roth's definitely a very good, like emotional eater. And then Marion Nestle, which who just happened to have a very unfortunate last name for a food researcher and food scientist. I think she's either NYU or Columbia. She wrote this great book. Um, she wrote this great book, like what not to eat or what to eat. I think it's what to eat. And I remember reading it being like, I didn't know you know, you'll play had as much sugar as ice cream. Like just, it's just kind of an easy way to start without getting like, cause I could go super nerdy on you and talk about like glycogen receptors and dopamine, but people would tune out, but just, you know, she's, if you really want to learn more about like, if you want to do a deeper dive into like the actual nutrition, she's a good person to go to. Mm. But as far as like a food that I think most of us should avoid, it's definitely high fructose corn syrup which is in a lot of my former favorite foods, but I had to break up with them for good, like block them, the whole, you know, real breakup, not just like a taking a break. Like you know, so anything, exactly canceled. Anything, you know, and hypercrisis corn syrup is such a sneaky beast because it's in everything. Mm. And it's even in things you would never think of. It's also called like simple syrup, which is in frappuccinos. It's also in, um, you know, like, Obviously, it's in soda. Obviously, it's in gummy bears. But it's in a lot of, like, condiments. So really reading labels, which can be a drag, but once you kind of get the knack of it, it comes naturally because you're like, okay, this ketchup makes me want to eat ice cream, but this ketchup does not. Let's go to the ketchup that doesn't trigger stuff. So I think being aware of, like, for me, it's high fructose corn syrup, and for a lot of us it is. And and there's one more thing about it is it's – genetically modified to be as addictive as possible. Like what it does to us, our fat cells, our brains is not by accident. It's by design. It's by guys in a lab or women, whatever, you know, in the same way like Oreos are designed to be as, to be as easily eaten as possible because of the fat sugar combination and the crunch and the size. Hypertrophic corn syrup is also designed to screw with our heads. So I think just knowing that we're up against a lot but it's, I always say to people, it's sort of like fashion, right? There's always going to be trends. There's always going to be, you know, whatever's in style this week, which I can't think of off the top of my head. Oh, uh, coastal grandma. All right. Whatever that means. But a little black dress is always going to work for you. Right. Or like a nice pair of well-cut jeans. 
and there can be trends, people can follow them, whatever. But for you, you know where your little back dress, little black dress is. So knowing that about yourself, that like I don't do well when I eat a lot of potatoes, for example, but I do better when I eat quinoa. These are examples. So I think really knowing your body and being willing to kind of experiment and not judge, because the judging is what gets us in this like tailspin, right? You know, everyone else can do this for me. Well, actually, they can't. Uh, I should be more um, disciplined. Well, you're eating foods that are going to like turn that discipline thing off in your head. So just being very kind to yourself about this because it is a process. And I mean, honest to God, if I can do this, anyone can do this because I was such a wreck for so long. Um, and you know, I just, it's so weird. Like I remember like how much I weighed when I got married, how much I weighed when I had my kids, how much I weighed when I went to Weight Watchers, how much I, and I don't think of things that way. I'm always like, I should probably weigh myself. It's been a couple of weeks. Oh, okay, cool. Like I don't have, it doesn't have like the meaning it used to have for me or like, I'm just more like just accepting of like, this is my body and this is what it needs to feel its best. And I should be going to bed earlier and whatever. So I think, and, you know, like most things, self-love, but also just sort of knowing that like for you, you feel best in your skin if you stay away from X. And it's not that you're a bad person. It's not that, you know, you should be able to do what your friends are doing. It's just your biochemistry, your life right now, your stress level. You don't do well when you have I don't know, cheese or something. Everyone's different. But I think that's probably like what I really want people to walk away from is like, if you can take the judgment, like the self judgment out, you will get to where you want to get faster. And if you can kind of think of like, how do I want to eat in a year? How do I want to eat in five years? And for me, this has worked for years. So I did write the book a couple of years ago. And I can tell you through, I had major turbulence in my life, which, you know, from my Instagram page and through that, my weight was the same. It wasn't, you know, anally the same, but I didn't have the huge fluctuations because I had just kind of, and I hate to use the word beaten, but I'd kind of figured this one out and trust me, if I can do it, everyone listening can do it. I love that. Aaron, thank you so much um, for spending this time with us. I appreciate it so much. So excited for everything you've shared to continue following and learning from you and love, love, love your content. So thank you. And don't forget to subscribe to The Balance Girl for more episodes. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Erin, thank you so much for being on The Balanced Girl. So excited with so many things you shared um, and really just looking at why am I eating? When am I eating? My relationship, just taking inventory of how am I sleeping? How am I moving each day with workouts or walking? Um, what am I putting in my mouth? Am I watching too much TV? Um, there's just so many things to do a self-check with myself. So thank you for spending time with us, teaching us um, all you know, and you have a wealth of experience. Appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks, everyone. And be sure to subscribe to The Balanced Girl so you do not miss one episode.